Hey there, AMC Turn fans. Welcome to another episode of the AMC Turn After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight we are talking about Season 4, Episode 9, Reckoning. Guys, there's a lot of awesome stuff to talk about tonight, and we have a very special guest calling in. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I feel like this is... The most appropriate episode we could have come in with this song. Well, you know me. If we can fit a Hamilton song in here, I will 100% do it because <laughs> I am that human being. And what better than Yorktown? It had to be Yorktown. Oh, it, it had, had to. It had to be Yorktown this time around. <laughs> well, Just, oh, so happy. Oh, so good. So excited that the show is coming to L.A. But anyway, hey, guys. Uh, we're here to talk about Turn tonight. We are talking about Season 4, Episode 9, Reckoning. Uh, let's not waste any time. I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me at the Mengwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And to my left is the lovely Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. You can follow me all over the social medias at Kiaje. That is K-I. I-A-X-E-T. And uh, for those of you guys watching live, we'll have you up on the live chat in a minute. And uh, we are also going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTVTurn. Uh, and joining us via Skype tonight is the wonderful Latoya Morgan. How are you? I am great. How are you guys? Doing well. Thank Stoked. you. For, for those of you guys who don't know, Latoya does... Like Everything. a gazillion things behind the scene. <laughs> uh, she's an executive story editor, the co-executive producer of the show, and the writer of this episode. So thank you so, so much for joining us tonight, LaToya. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Like I said before, I'm ready for some Ranger Danger. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and again, it's it's such a pleasure, too, actually getting to talk to you because you've been a friend of the show for a long time. So it's nice to finally hear your voice. I know. I follow you guys uh, on Twitter. I, I watch your really wonderful recaps of the show. I love uh, seeing you guys argue about what you think is going to come next. Uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> that must be hilarious. <laughs> you just eat popcorn during our prediction section. <laughs> Those fools have I no idea. Do. I kind of do. And I'm like, wow, maybe we should have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys come up with some good stuff. <laughs> Well, good, like, nothing Nothing we have come up with, I think, really prepared us for this episode, which oh my God. Uh, was seeing a, the culmination of a lot of different plot lines, and uh, I wanted to know, sort of, I, I've asked this of basically all of our guests uh, so far this season, is basically, this is season four, it's the final season, what were your guys' feelings kind of going into it from the beginning, since you knew this was going to be Endgame? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, well, I know uh, my boss, the showrunner of the show, Craig Silverstein, really wanted to make sure that we ended the season by wrapping up all of our loose ends. So we were very excited that AMC was giving us this fourth and final season so we could end everything on our own terms. And for us, it was about how, how can we show the aspiring be as effective as possible and also take us through the end of the war. And that was a huge challenge because there's so many years to cover and then you have so many characters and you want to make it emotionally resonant. So it was a tall challenge in the writer's room, but um, I think we rose to the occasion. 
Was there anything that you wanted to cover or address that just didn't make it into the episode that wound up in an old draft or on the cutting room floor? In this particular episode? In, in general, but yeah. Well, in episode nine, there's a scene that I love that it broke my heart that we had to cut. Um, no. There's a scene between Washington and Martha Washington, actually. Oh, um, no. Where <laughs> I know. I wanted. I definitely wanted to have Martha Washington in my episode. Lily Birdsell is an amazing actress. The scene was incredible. It was really about Washington grappling with what happened with him and Ben in episode eight. So he was still sort of, you know, really upset about what happened. And he's been getting it from all sides, right? Everyone's telling him he's not making the right decision, but he really wants to go to New York. And so uh, Lily Burchill and Martha Washington kind of pushes him over the edge. And it was the scene that was right before he goes down and talks to all his generals. So it was just a great scene. Ian, Ian was phenomenal in it. Um, but for time, this was such a big episode, we had to cut it. Well, that's unfortunate because they have such great chemistry together, yeah. too. Um, yeah, they, they do. They always knock it out of the park whenever they have a scene together. So that's a bummer. But, again, cut for time. It's kind of amazing this episode was as jam-packed as it was with everything. Yeah, I mean, normally we have eight-day shoots, uh, and this episode was a nine-day shoot just so that we could cover all that needed to be the siege at Yorktown. And so um, my director, Eagle Eagleson, was phenomenal. We made, I always joke and say we made a little movie uh, <laughs> because our entire team was so on it. I mean, we had our, our special effects team. We had our brilliant, brilliant stunt guys. Uh, we had all our wonderful actors, and they were all in every day. I mean, it was hot. One of those days, it was ridiculously hot while we were shooting um, everybody's like making sure that they have water while they're running through these explosions and it was craziness, uh, but it looked so incredible on screen. Yeah, it looked phenomenal. Um, it, we, we talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, it, the show, because it, there's more of a focus on the espionage aspect of things, doesn't do a whole lot of battles. And seeing all of the members of the Culper Ring on the front lines is kind of amazing. It really is. And then even just seeing Mary in the medical tent as well. Like, yep. Okay, yeah, can we talk for a minute about how Mary is kind of the MVP of this episode and may very well be the MVP of this series? She's been the MVP of the last two seasons, at least. At least. She kind of has been. She's pretty badass, I gotta say. She is glorious. Now, uh, yeah, I, I mean, oh, go ahead. She's brilliant. Beacon is so wonderful, too. She's so sweet. And then we ask her to do all these crazy things, like shoot Simcoe in the ear. And she's like, <laughs> yes, I can do that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the origin of Ranger Danger. To, to be fair, I'm pretty sure literally anybody in the cast would have signed up to do that. <laughs> that is true. There's a line, a very long line. <laughs> but she got to jump to the front, which is really great. But in this episode, too, we see a lot of her journey sort of come full circle, too. I, I loved in this season the dynamic that she had with Ann Bates. That was such an interesting relationship, um, especially given the fact that you can actually tell she does kind of care about Anne and empathizes with her plight, but cares about Abe a lot more. What was the uh, idea behind bringing Anne Bates into the fray this season? 
Well, one of the things that we wanted to do, especially in the last two seasons, is to really highlight uh, a part of the war that a lot of people don't talk about a lot, and that's the camp followers. And so Washington was sort of a, he didn't like the camp followers, but he sort of tolerated them <laughs> because they kept uh, the, the men in line a little bit. And they actually were very useful. You know, they did all the laundry. Uh, they helped with the, the sewing of the uniforms. They cooked. Um, so they were really, really uh, useful to the Army as well. And so we knew that once we were going to bring Anna over, after she completely torches everything, (laughs) 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 that we were going to be able to uh, expand that, too, uh, once. Uh, Abe pretty much torches everything to talk it to and uh, Mary has to come and, and join the fray so we wanted to not just have it be a part of the background we really wanted to have it be active and so Ann Bates was a perfect opportunity she was a, per- a real life person from history that we uh, found in some of our research and we thought that it, it would be kind of interesting to see Mary she's sort of been the person who helps clean up Abe's mess after the fact. Yep. But we thought it <laughs> well, we thought it would be interesting to show her have to think on her feet and actually give her a taste of what it's like to be a spy. And so she's not that good at it. She sort of tips her hand a little bit, but she ends up forging this relationship with this woman uh, that becomes very useful to the war effort. Yeah, because it gave him a direct line to Cornwallis. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh. To General Clinton, to, to General Clinton, yeah. Oh, I, I'm good with names. You're, uh, you're thinking a little <laughs> ahead. I am. So I'm just... <laughs> but I did also love that scene where she gets reunited with her husband. Yes. Um, uh, and it's it's a very interesting thing because you get to see all of these pieces being set up, ultimately leading to Yorktown. And it's a fun ride kind of getting there. Uh and so that was a nice moment where they get reunited, uh, even though you kind of know that kind of disasters <laughs> later on down the way. Um, but it was also paralleled with Mary getting reunited with Abe. Um, you know, uh, yes. the, these people that they're they're putting their lives out on the line for, uh, for their husbands and their families. And so it was really nice seeing that and having Mary remind Abe, you are my cause. I'm, and we've come too far to go back now. I can I tell you a secret? That's kind of like one of my favorite scenes that I've done for the show. Oh. It's very rare to have all of the Culper ring together, and I love Abe being reunited with Mary, and then all four of our our guys are 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 ring. They're there. Um, it's just a beautiful moment. Um, even on the set, we had our set photographer come take a picture because oh. this is uh, the big moment before the big battle happens, uh, and it was it was a great moment. I loved it. Would you say that's been your favorite scene to write so far this season? Oh, wow. No, my favorite scene to write was the Abigail and Peggy stuff. Yes! I, I really yes. loved writing all of that. And so, the, but it, that one was, was really sentimental because even uh, from the early stages of season one, like when we had the Battle of Secaucket, when they were all uh, in the cellar downstairs. Uh, at the tavern, that was one of the rare times that they're all together. They're all in their, they're, you know, scattered to the four winds doing their thing. And, and so moments like that, you know, I just try to cherish them because they don't happen that, happen that often in the show. No, they really don't. Um, you know, moments of happiness are pretty fleeting uh, <laughs> during wartime. 
Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about Abigail and Peggy a little bit for for this episode because something I've been feeling a lot of anxiety about uh, up until this <laughs> moment is Peggy finding out the extent of Abigail's involvement with the Culper Ring and the fact that John Andre is dead in no small part thanks to her. Well, and she was so, so good at just drawing the line and not letting anything slip. And then when Peggy's just feeling terrible, no, no, he really loved you. How did you know that? <laughs> he really loved you. It was saying, um, it, like, you were more important to him than turning Arnold ever was. And that's just, Ksenia just gave this wonderful little, very Im- almost imperceptible kind of quizzical look. Wait of like, a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> and then she gets a minute to stew over it because Akinbo Day's at the door. Oh. <laughs> I look that was on my my bucket list for the show of things that needed to come out was this Ab- Abigail not slipping and telling this but that Peggy should find out that uh, Abigail was right under her nose doing all this spying and she didn't Ugh. even know yeah and that was the reason that John Andre the love of her life is no longer with us yeah um I just thought it would be juicy and it would be a great contrast to all of the big battle stuff that was happening on the other side of the of the episode um, and Ksenia and Idara are absolutely brilliant brilliant actresses and and so anything I've ever asked them to do in scenes uh, they've been incredible and so for them to have this crazy drama and then <laughs> Peggy's giving birth and everything everything's going to hell they were fantastic and I, I love them <laughs> No, well, everything goes to hell. The episode is always <laughs> fun to watch, and that's that's pretty much what this was. We've had build up for three and a half seasons, and just seeing payoff after payoff after payoff, being like, "Yes!" I think the one where I just kind of started yelling and being happy about things was, "Oh well, signal the ships!" It's like, "Oh, the signal book, the signal book!" <laughs> I was yelling things at Megan while we were watching this, like, "Oh, signals!" <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I I love that signal book. And by the way, so for three years that my beloved Nick Westray has been on the show, I've been dying to get him in my episode, and I have not had him or Townsend in my episodes ever. <laughs> oh. uh, but he was there in spirit because of the signal book, so that was fantastic. Yeah, we have uh, Heather Smith in chat lamenting the fact that there was no uh, Culper Jr. in this episode. Um, but I feel uh, like his story has wrapped, though. Like, this was yes. his big magnum opus, his big thing, and then it's like, Culper Jr., out. <laughs> Johnson's got to go. Yep. Um, we we have a question from uh, Turnland in the chat. Was there ever any consideration or a wish list to have Andre return in a flashback or a dream? Which is an interesting question, given that this episode does start off with a nightmare sequence. We always relish the opportunity to have J.J. Field come back. He's amazing. Uh, but for this particular episode, there was no way. We were already yeah. like, oh, my God, there were so many people in this episode <laughs> uh, that we would have loved to have had him. But where would we fit him in? I, I do see the point about the, the nightmare, though. Uh, but this was about uh, Peggy's worst nightmare. And I think yes, Andre yeah. would be a dream come true, you know? That's that's true. It would be a good dream if Andre was in it. Yeah. You wake up crying yeah, yeah. for a different reason. And it would probably possibly be X-rated. So 
Yes. I could make a joke. Turn but I, after dark. I, I could make a joke. I'll, I'll refrain. Turn after dark. Um, but um, talking about that, I just love the parallels that we that we get in terms of Abigail's storyline because one of the most heart wrenching moments of the entire series is when Andre tells her, "This isn't your fault," and then we have this moment with Peggy where she's throwing it in her face and saying, "It is your fault." Um, and yeah. So- that was uh, talking uh, about payoff after payoff after payoff. Having Peggy say it actually wasn't your fault uh, was was probably one of the best bits of payoff in terms of character arcs. I think that we've seen. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. I think you know when I watched that scene with Abigail and Andre, I could just feel her guilt and her pain, and I know that she never wanted any of this to happen to him, but it but it did. And she's been living living with that, and Peggy has to have someone to blame it on. Um, but at the end of the day, Abigail being there in her house helps save not only her life, but her baby's life. And so it all has its own path, you know. Yeah, and it's... In Providence, you know, play a part. And it's great, too, because it's a good way for Abigail to sort of work out what she's feeling, too, because at the moment she feels incapable of helping her son. So it's nice that she's able to help Peggy and her son instead. But can we talk for a real quick moment about how adorable that scene with Akinbo Day was? Because, oh my God, they are so cute together. We've been waiting three years. They're so beautiful and blindingly gorgeous. It's like, I loved every second of them on screen. Oh, they were great. I think my favorite bit was just her going, I know, I know, I know. And he's like, how do you stop that? You stop it with that. <laughs> oh, but yeah. It- yeah, I mean, I I think my my favorite part of that is just some of the, the silence. You know, first of all, I needed that kiss. <laughs> I needed that kiss so much. Well, how long and has it been? Just- Three years since the last time they kissed? In terms of like how long yeah, we've been waiting as an audience? Yeah, it's been a while. I, oh, my God, it's been way too long. And so when they actually finally did kiss, I loved it. And then I just loved the way they just kind of lingered together for yeah. a moment. Uh, that was great. Um, and then the kiss of goodbye. Oh, my God, come on. It was it was beautiful. That was uh, on one of the last nights uh, we were shooting. And oh. it was just great to see those guys together again. It was a real challenge to get all this back because he's so talented and He's got all these different shows that he's working on, and so it took a lot of scheduled juggling to get him back. But uh, I'm so happy that he did it, and it was for my episode. Yay! (laughs) I could just see dibs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's. I was for the longest time. I thought he was never coming back to the show. And then one of the first shots of season four is him returning to New York, and it was like, yes, <laughs> this is amazing. Look, was it? It wasn't because we didn't want him to come back. Trust me. <laughs> it's, it's all scheduling for sure. He's a busy yeah, human being. Yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, kind of. I, I want to switch gears a little bit because one of one of the most consistently interesting things that we've talked about on this show, in terms of character and kind of surprising things, especially in this episode, is we get Hewlett uh, during when he and uh, when he and Clinton are in that scene with Anne and her husband, 
And just having this moment where uh, they they get this bit where, oh, this information was provided by Mary Woodhull. You can just almost hear, like, the desire to slap his face and go, really? Just facepalm? But I can't just say that I knew because then they'll know that I knew and they'll know that I've known for a while and then it's my head and... Uh. It is it is fun because he's clearly in it for himself at this point, but at the same oh, time, yeah. it's not like they he wants to lose the war. But what's really interesting is when he finds out what's befallen Simcoe and makes a beeline to get his revenge. Oh, yeah. Um, this was one of the most interesting bits uh, in the entire season because Hewlett trying to get retribution it, that's not really a character trait that we would have seen several seasons ago. But after everything that he's gone through, like him... He is 8,000% done with literally everything in his life right now. <laughs> yeah. And he, this is just loose To ends. the point of like being willing to stab a man who has no means of defending himself. Yeah, but my would Simcoe have done any less to him? has been through the ringer. He's, he's been through it. Yeah, he's he's been through quite a bit, but at the same time, what we get ends up being very consistent with his character. Um, uh, because what do, what is surprising though is when Simcoe basically gets told get your affairs in order, he does something that I think surprises everybody, which is call the Queen's Rangers over and basically tell them, "Hey guys, you need to go, or you're going to all be executed." And like our position is indefensible. They're basically leaving us here so go mm-hmm. back to where you came from and tell them hey you know I, I was conscripted I was captured they made me do the thing I want to come back so y'all can live yeah I mean that was a pivotal moment for Simcoe uh, one of the challenges that we faced <laughs> for the past four seasons is how to humanize our best villain <laughs> right so so this was this was a, a, one of the few moments where he's there's another scene earlier in the season uh written by my friend mike taylor uh or actually is written by alex rose uh the lola scene where you get to see a little different (laughs) uh side of simcoe and so (laughs) we wanted to be able to show that yes he does care about something and one of those things is his men Yes, sometimes he puts them up as cannon fodder and uses them to block explosions, but he also didn't want them to get captured. You can do, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. Yeah, uh, so it, it would have been Simcoe, so. It, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it would have been so easy for them to just simply be his lackeys, but there's real yeah. loyalty there on both sides. Yes, and and to be fair. And, I know that sometimes people, you know, raise questions about, you know, the way we've been portraying uh, Simcoe in our story versus what he's known for historically. Um, And one of the things that we tried to be true to for him historically is that he really did, when he took over Rogers Rangers, he really did transform them into a lethal, a more lethal fighting force. Um, He gave them the discipline um, that the Royal Army had instilled in him. And so um, I, I love the idea of making Simcoe uh, not just a good fighter, but putting that into his, his fellow soldiers and having them him be loyal to them and them be loyal to him. Yeah. 
Um, we uh, just as kind of an aside from the live chat, we have Josh Price joining us in the live chat, who says hi. Hey, <laughs> hey he, Josh. He wrote, "Sorry to interrupt, but hey, Latoya, so 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 much love to you. I rushed home to catch this tonight. Megan and Katie, you two are wonderful too." Aww. Aww. <laughs> I love Josh. <laughs> I tried to have him in my episode too, and then I had to cut that too. Oh no! <laughs> I feel Wonderful. like you had a, full, a feature-length episode on your hand. Like we had a full movie's worth of episode, and I would like to see the director's cut. Absolutely. As would half of chat at this point, for sure. Give me the hour and a half, two-hour version of this episode. Absolutely, I will make popcorn. I know. If only we had sixty minutes an episode oh. instead of forty-two. That would be. Yeah. That would be so great. Oh my god, it would be amazing. <laughs> Um, uh, we have a couple of people in the live chat who are hoping for some deleted scenes. Uh, <laughs> and a blooper reel someone was asking for, which, oh, uh, yes, for please. Sure. Will any of this you know, be included? we do have a blooper reel, but does it, I don't know if it's external. We, all, we see it internally. Um, usually at the rap party, and it's pretty good, I gotta say. <laughs> we keep hearing uh, <laughs> these legendary stories about how good it is, so we, we hope it gets released on the Blu-ray. Um, Josh also says... Okay, tell me what Josh says, and I'll uh, tell you about a, bl- a blooper from this episode. Hands a heart when Latoya says "Hey," <laughs> which is oh, true. Oh my gosh, I love him. He's the best. He is. So tell us about this fun blooper. Uh, yes, please. Okay, so everyone knows the scene where uh, Abe goes and he talks to. He goes in the tent with Ben. Caleb's with him. He's just come back, and he sort of you know, lists off all these things that he's seen while he was uh, with uh, the American Legion. Mm-hmm. And so in one of the takes that Jamie did, he lists off all this stuff. You know, he's listing like rice and grain and, and beef and pork, like all this stuff. <laughs> and, and then he basically says, uh, the secret is, you know, he's making bur- beef bourguignon. And so that's, that's, he's just like totally like lists out his stuff. Like as in, as if it's a recipe, and the entire crew like cracks up laughing. It was the best. It was so good. See, I was expecting to that to go in a partridge in a pear tree direction, but no, that's better. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty funny, that guy. Uh, speaking of, do you have a favorite behind the scenes moment from this season? Oh wow! I know that's tough that's to choose. A good one. Oh my God! Well, for this particular episode, um, behind the scenes was a lot of fun, and I never worked with a director that like Eagle who plays music uh, oh. between takes, mm. and so we would be <laughs> rocking out to like when we were filming the big Battle of Yorktown during the day, we were like jamming Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> like I felt like I was, I felt like I was in Apocalypse Now. It was just crazy. <laughs> All along the Watchtower. So during a yes, war. I, yes. So I felt like uh, that was probably one of my favorite uh, behind-the-scenes moments. That's pretty awesome. Speaking of, logistically speaking, it's no small feat trying to recreate the Battle of Yorktown. Uh, that must have, like, we're... I don't want to say, like, did you guys think you could do it? Because, of course, you did. You guys, This cast and crew works incredibly hard. But, like, what was the, the mentality going into that in terms of being able to uh, What went into scope? planning that? Yes. 
a lot when it's planning that we um a lot of late nights usually, i imagine yeah and you know a lot of it because we built those those readouts so oh, all that that you see we built them those cannons wow. are actually there like those wow. entrenchments were dug so all of that and so we built two really huge ones and so shout out to our production design team and all our construction workers and um, all our pyrotechnics people who pulled that off. I mean, there were lots of meetings, lots of discussions about how to get that done because uh, a lot of what Eagle wanted to do was really put the camera down into the trenches. So there's a, a great shot that our uh, DP Bill Wade just got of Jamie running yes. uh, with this this basket and it's like all this stuff is exploding behind him. And he's like <laughs> in the trench. We, we like I literally wrote in the script trench cam follows Jamie as as the trend, the readout explodes and that's what they gave me. They are that good. Best crew in the business. I can't say enough about them. Nice. Yeah. And the and, and I feel like I I say it to the point of being redundant, but the cinematography in the show is out of this world. Oh my I god. I cannot yes. say it enough. Yes. Um we we have a question from the live chat uh from Arendelle 06. How was your view of the war and history changed since you started writing for the show? Um, that's a great question. I think the thing that I didn't know from the start was how important uh, the Copa Ring was to uh, us winning the war. I, I mean, I, I know Washington, or I knew Washington as, you know, the guy on my money. <laughs> you know, and obviously, <laughs> you know, first well, the first president. But uh, I didn't know that he was a spy master. And that he, in addition to being this great general and soldier, was such a great uh, spy, and he was great at espionage. And so he built this whole backdoor group, uh, this ring of people who brought him really important information and helped us win the war. And we just tried in the in every script, every season, to really reflect that and show how conflicted they were because one of the things that people don't know is like like Richard you could be in the same family and some people were for the the British crown and some people were against it within the same family um and so it was very hard for you know Abe and and Mary and and and, uh you know Anna all of our cobring we wanted to really show them grappling with that emotional complexity and uh, hopefully we achieve some of that. Putting the in hum- spades, yes. Putting the humanity back in history because yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the because we like we we've talked about this before too. Uh, like when it's when history is presented to you when you're in school, it's presented in a very matter of fact way. Uh, it's this happened and then this happened. It's like writing football plays or something. You move X over here and mm-hmm. then you move O over here, mm-hmm. and this is the thing that occurred. And on this day at this time, these people won this battle. And you're like, okay, put it in a spreadsheet and I'll memorize it. Mm-hmm. But exactly. Is... And and one of the things that uh Craig wrote on the wall that on season one when we were thinking about breaking the story was this is not a documentary. That was number one on our list. You know, we wanted to entertain people. Uh we wanted to really get under the war, into the shadows, um, of where uh, a lot of this uh espionage took place. 
um, and we wanted to bring the audience down in there with us. And so uh, I think we did. And oh, absolutely. It's a story I feel like doesn't get told in, uh, you know, the most most focus on the Revolutionary War focuses on the big battles, you know, the Battle of Yorktown, the 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 alliance with you know the patriot style stuff like i don't think i've ever seen another piece of media try to tackle what it meant to be a spy during this time so it's there's, it's been a yeah, fascinating there's not ride. a lot yeah it's it's just it's been amazing and i think that's part of what makes this show so exciting like we know the facts we know who's going to win history has spoiled the ending of the war story in here for us but it's all of the human stories it's getting really in with the culpa ring going oh my god what's going to happen akimbo they went to go get cicero we don't know if they get out or not oh my god oh my god like that's what makes it so fascinating <laughs> Yes, because uh, obviously you can go look at whatever, Wikipedia, and see, you know, Saratoga happened on this day, and Yorktown happened on that day. But when you're really invested in the characters, and one of the things we wanted to do was have you be invested not just in the Patriots, but also um, in the British characters as well, um, like Hewlett, you know, Andre, humanize them as well, and see that there was a lot of blood and a lot of... uh, heart invested into this war on both sides and we turned out the winners uh but it wasn't without a lot of sacrifice oh yeah speaking of hewlett i think we need to talk about the uh other end of his story we we touched on simcoe but we haven't talked about what hewlett did uh yes (laughs) (laughs) with uh talking about hewlett and humanizing these characters and making us care about them and then breaking our hearts with their storylines and everything like that it's great to see also to have one character when he has the opportunity to react in violence and and sort like to go the route of mercy instead and again, I, I love that that was so consistent with who he is as a person that he just sort of makes this realization of, like, the world is changing. We, we, our feud is with the old world. It needs to die. Just like, you know, just like the, the British Empire is falling, I suppose. <laughs> well, and Hewlett and Simcoe have two very, very different views on life. Like, Simcoe is very much in the trenches, kill or be killed, and he's had that since he was a kid and saw his father get slaughtered and, you know, all sorts of other fun things that have gone into the making of Simcoe. But Hewlett mm-hmm. has always been an intellectual. Mm-hmm. And so he's yeah. able, for one, to get out of the killer be killed mindset that being around Simcoe and being tortured by Simcoe kind of put him into. And to see, okay, things are changing. Things are going this way. If I do this, what does that make me? What does that do for history? How does that change things? And it's probably more torture for Simcoe to be on this ship knowing that there's someone with the upper hand who just isn't going to do anything about it. Like, sit there with that apple in your mouth and suffer. Yeah, That's true. Uh, an apple for a bucephalus. Uh, yes. That's what we call it. Uh, yeah, I think there, there was an interesting you know, parallel between what Abe had to do in the last episode in 8 and what Hewlett does in nine, um, there's something bigger, you know. So Abe is making this sacrifice and not indulging himself in killing Simcoe to get the information to to Washington. And and here Hewlett uh, knows 
that if he does kill Simcoe, he may travel down a road that he does not want to travel down. And so uh, he decides to teach him a lesson instead. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty uh, fun scene. Uh, Sam um, and Byrne were fantastic in it. Um, they they give it a lot at first when they when Hewlett had to keep putting the apple in Sam's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> but once they got down to it, uh, it, it was really riveting. Yeah, it was it it was definitely an intense moment to say the least. And again, the performance from both of them was absolutely top notch. Oh my god, uh, yes! I did feel bad for Sam because I, I just in terms of like how often <laughs> the, the apple had to get shoved into his face. I was like, this was probably a fourteen hour day, and this probably took forever. That couldn't have been fun. <laughs> There were like at least a basket of like twelve apples that were just being bitten like one after the other. It was funny. <laughs> the whole thing was just beautiful, and the fake out with the oh, it's poisoned. Lol, J.K. Just we're gonna kidding. talk. Yeah. We're gonna talk. It, the, the, another good, interesting behind the scenes thing about that is that you know Hewlett has such love for this horse, uh, and. In real life, Byrne is actually allergic to horses, which oh, is no. funny. And so <laughs> when we started coming up with all this stuff of Byrne and the horse, we were like, oh, yeah, wait, <laughs> Burns is allergic. He's like, no, no, it's totally fine. He wanted to do the scene. He was a total champ. Uh, but it's so funny that uh, so much of this. this <laughs> revenge is, is, is about Bucephalus and and him being well, he also stabbed him too. But, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Kill him. But uh, yeah, oh. you get what I'm saying. <laughs> there was a lot that went into he it. Stabbed him, but he also killed yes. his horse, man. Yeah, the horse I was know. innocent. We killed Bucephalus. That we cannot let that stand. No. Well, the horse was uh, innocent. We, the second you go after someone's pet, someone's animal, like yeah, that's, that's not it. Nope, that's not. Cool. Oh yeah. We have a few people in the chat that were using the hashtag uh, justice, justice for, for Bucephalus. Bucephalus. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I just loved what he had to say about that. The taste of mercy is bittersweet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's true. Yeah. Poor. And I love the when he sucks the apple in his mouth uh, afterwards. Uh, Simcoe's kind of like crying, and then you transition into uh, <laughs> baby Edward. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it's closing the chapter on one book on. and opening another. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, I like, too, that um, you, you pointed this out, that it's probably in some ways crueler to leave him alive. Um, and Dan- Knowing that he's been bested by a tiny nerd. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Several nerds. <laughs> multiple nerds. <laughs> Do not get on the wrong side of multiple nerds with a common goal. Yes. You can um, outsmart the bully. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we were having Dan say that during that moment between him and Abe, when Abe is considering um, pulling the trigger, um, he interpreted that moment as uh, like saying, yes, just finish me off. Uh, give me a warrior's end. And Abe just turning and running away. So uh, it's it'll be interesting to see how Simcoe uh, reacts to sort of having to be on the mend while the war is coming to an end. I, I think uh, I, I saw... The, the show when Dan said that and I, I think I was absolutely right um, Simcoe would always rather die as a warrior on the field 
um, that is to go out and blaze the glory rather than sit on this boat full of other sick people and just rot. Yeah. You know, that's his, his hell, you know. Dying, uh, dying an old man in his bed probably is not on the list of ways he wishes to go, for sure. Well, right. he's in his hell, and someone with <laughs> means and motive to remove him from it is just kind of like popcorn.gif. <laughs> his misery. <laughs> uh, Can't blame him. <laughs> um, and sadly, because the show is coming to an end, we, we do have a lot of people who aren't quite ready to say goodbye to all of these characters. So one of the questions we have in chat is that if you could see a spinoff with any one of these sets of characters, who would you want to see a spinoff of? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, you know, there's a couple of characters. You know, there's, you know, the Simcoe Chronicles up in Canada. <laughs> You know, what is he doing there? Just seeing him try to become an accomplished poet. Yeah, I mean, there's there's Washington, you know, how how does he become the president? You know, what's the, you know, the moves to that? You know, what is it like when he first governs? I think that's uh, something that Ian Khan has said he's interested in. Um, I think last week we decided that we wanted uh, Robert Rogers on a ship. <laughs> Absolutely. With uh, Philomena you know putting on shows. Um, uh, yes, I remember this. That would actually be pretty epic because, you know, Philomena is an actress, so he could write a killer role for her. They could go on the cruise ship, like you said, <laughs> um, and, and they could just play different ports, you know, across the ocean. It would be great. They just I'd be say, down. I they, would watch that TV program. Sail off into the the sunset. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes. Anytime, you know, I love Amy. So, anytime there's more of her on screen, I'm happy. Absolutely. Um, as as far as this episode goes, um, they, they, I mean, we've touched on it a little bit, but like something we haven't really talked about a ton is actually Ben this season um, because he's oh he's been this guy who's caught up in the middle of things and he's constantly trying to juggle a lot of different personalities and logistics around and he's basically been juggling flaming knives yeah like that has been his life <laughs> yeah it's been his yeah. life for the last several years um, but something. I, I one detail that I've really liked that you guys have sort of snuck in there here and there is everybody commenting on how like oh you don't actually know what love is and like oh you don't you don't have experience with that oh you don't have a girlfriend it's I totally- want to know what love is I want you to show me I just I just really love that bit of subtext and that bit of acting from him every time somebody brings it up you can just tell he's pulling up the memory of you know the the girl who ended up dying at their camp who got murdered i know sarah <laughs> yeah it's it it's really tough so i i always appreciate when you guys throw those little details in there and and his acting has just been fantastic hashtag forever alone no <laughs> not true <laughs> that's funny um the, the great thing about that scene is that you know no one ever really has been, you know, so it was great to see Heather really, you know, rib him <laughs> and him sort of be uncomfortable, but I don't, she doesn't really know about, like, Sarah, and so it, there was, like, so many little layers that they both played, and they are such phenomenal actors, um, they, they're just great, and so 
just to see a different shade. You know, we didn't yeah. want um, everything that, since it was such a big episode and there was so much battle, wanted to throw something in there that was a little playful and sweet um, in the middle of all the explosions. He's like, words hurt, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> Shrapnel hurts worse. Ew. Yeah, shout out, um, you were talking about the pyrotechnic department. They knocked it out of the park, but also shout out to the makeup ah. department. Yeah. Because holy hell, did they kill it in this episode. Nearly killed him, oh, too. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's true. And you know what? They, like, when you see a scene, like, one of those tent scenes, everyone is completely made up. I mean, they yeah. do a phenomenal job with these injuries, uh, these cuts, these wounds. Like, Abe's wound was amazing. You know, then Megan yeah. was sewing up. Uh, it was, it, they did such a wonderful job. And um, they definitely deserve a hat tip, a shout out, a high five. All that good stuff. Absolutely. Like, there was more than one occasion where we cut to somebody in the in the medical tent, and I cringed. I was just like, very viscerally. I'm like, ah. <laughs> oh, it's the med tent. Was, I should put my dinner down. <laughs> Not well, right now. one guy who's, whose leg is getting, like, cinched up uh, when uh, Thomas goes and tugs on uh, Mary's apron string. Oh, and it yeah. just looked just gruesome. It was awesome. I was like, yes. Well, it's just war, that little... Maybe. Yeah. That little bit of dad's here. No, he's not. He's out at the. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> just that it moment. Was great. <laughs> it was a great, great moment of just. <laughs> oh, everything clicked, and it's bad. <laughs> yes, and I have to say, the twins, Cabell uh, and Ellis, were phenomenal. They were really great. Uh, there were there was one of uh, Ellis was so scared uh, with all the screaming, and so when you see him in the shots where he's like putting his uh, his shoulder to his ear, he he really was scared. Um, his mom talked to him, and Jamie talked to him, and they were like, "We you don't have to do it if you don't want to," but he said he wanted to do it. And he was so sweet. Um, uh, but yeah, and then right after the scene, it was over. They high fived, and he was great. But <laughs> he was—they were wonderful in the scene. It was—it added a really lovely texture to it. Yeah, we we just had somebody ask how uh, how they were able to handle all the gore, and yeah, that's—it sounds great that they were able to kind of power through because when you're a kid. I mean, it's it's very convincing as an adult looking oh, at yeah. it. You have to remind yourself, oh, it's it's just makeup. But as a kid, you don't necessarily have a concept for that. So oh, that's that's very sweet that they were able to power through. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and Jamie and, and Megan really, you know, they they're great with them. So they'll talk to them before you know, he says, "I'm screaming, but I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. It's acting." And he totally gets it. And, he gets to this and he's wonderful. He gets that it's just all pretend. It's like Halloween uh, screaming. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> oh, those cuties. <laughs> um, well, we we are running a little short on time. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out to the chat. If you have any final questions for our wonderful guest, now's the time to put them in. We're on a little bit of a delay. I just have the one thing that I wanted to bring up because it actually took me until our second watch for this to kind of sink in. Um, Airedale bringing up the moment with Washington and him going out with the shovel and digging when everyone else was terrified. And Like the first time it didn't really register and then the second time it was, oh, that... Oh, that's Washington going out and digging trenches. And it's one of those scenes where it's just like, yes, yes, (laughs) yes. Yeah, that's uh, inspired by a real moment in history uh, where Washington, they were taking fire 
and Washington went out and started digging a trench himself. And the rest of the army was so blown away by his courage doing that, that they joined in with him. So Washington was an amazing general. I, you know, in some ways, I'm surprised to hear that. And in other ways, I'm not surprised at all. I feel like to participate in this war, you kind of have to be a little crazy. <laughs> Just given everything yeah. that we've seen. Well, there's, there's, there are reasons why the man became a legend oh, yeah. in our country. And that, again, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so, yes, again, LaToya cannot say thank you enough for, for taking the time to call in. Do you have any final thoughts on how it's been kind of, you know, going uh, going through everything this seeing and just seeing the way fans have been reacting to the season so far? I just love all of the fans. You guys have been so supportive. Uh, my, my revolutionaries. Uh, I've been following you guys on Twitter and here on AfterBuzz. You've Aww. been incredible. Uh, we love the support that you guys have given us. Um, I, I can't say enough about, like, there's people, like, drawing pictures and doing art. And then I love the deep discussions that people get into, people who love Analyst, people who love, you know, Simcoe, but they <laughs> want to kill them. It's just been great, like, seeing everyone's reactions. Um, and I can't say enough about how great uh, this podcast really is. You guys Aww. do an incredible job. You ask awesome questions. Um, you're prepared. It's, it's lovely to, to see all the hard work that we put into the show be appreciated so much. So I can't say enough. I'm just going to point to Megan for that one because Megan is the one that has kept this going Stop. even and especially on nights when she was the sole host for like <laughs> half a season. There's this this podcast wouldn't be here without you keeping it alive. No. Uh, <laughs> well, honestly, uh, there there are very few shows I, I would soldier through alone for, but Turn has... Of course, I'm going to sit here, and even if I have to talk about it myself, I will talk about it myself, uh, because we have the wonderful live chat to always keep us company, too. This is but, true. But, no. <laughs> well, we love you for that. I so appreciate it. Well, I can't say it enough. It's, it's been great. Well, we... Thank you for the show. We can't say thank you enough. Um, not only have you put on an amazing show, but uh, as a fan, to have a co-executive producer and writer of, you know, of this thing that we love take time out of her day to regularly comment in our chat and tweet at us um and and things like that that is something that i don't i don't know if uh, a lot of the the turn fans will will get this reference but it's like senpai noticed us that's exactly uh, what i was thinking <laughs> <laughs> master has given tommy a sock <laughs> So, um, yeah, and we... Well, I wouldn't do it if you guys weren't so good. Trust me. You guys are fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much. And we have a lot of people thanking you in the live chat as well. Um, you get, Thank you for all the hard work that you've done. And, um, yeah, we can't wait to see how everything wraps up this season. Yes. Well, I, I, and I can't leave without giving a shout-out to, you know, my writer's room, our writer's room. It starts at the top with Craig, my boss, all the other writers. Uh, we wouldn't be here without him. So this is all a tribute to his vision, and we were just there, you know, holding it up. So hopefully uh, everyone really enjoys the finale because I'm telling you, you're going to need some Kleenex. It's a good one. <laughs> 
I, yeah, I have a feeling. Like we don't sit there and cry anyway. Come on. <laughs> I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of yelling and a lot of crying uh, next week. But um, in the meantime, do you have any other projects uh, going on that you can tell people about um, that, that uh, fans of Turn and just your work in general should keep an eye out for? Sure, you can uh, watch my work on season two of Into the Badlands. Um, I'm one of the writers on that show as well, which is also on AMC. And I have a new comic book that I'm writing for Zenoscope called Robin Hood. It's a new six-issue series. People can pick that up on the Zenoscope site or on Comixology. All right. (laughs) Um, That's going to be really exciting. Um, Because if I'm not mistaken, you also wrote Turn Origins, correct? I did. I'm a big comic book fan. So anytime people want me to write comic books, I generally say yes. That's so that's super exciting. Well, again, congratulations on a fabulous season. Where can people go if they want to keep up with you? On Twitter, I am Morganic Inc. M-O-R-G-A-N-I-C-I-N-K. And also on Instagram, same handle. Well, again, thank you so, so much. Um, Thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye, revolutionaries. Bye. (laughs) Senpai noticed us. Well, and Turnland in the chat says, can you teach us how to say goodbye? Yeah. I was going to read that out, but my voice got caught in my throat. (laughs) It's fine. I'm not crying. You're crying. Shut up. Well, anyway, Oh, I'm crying. I've been crying for a while. (laughs) There's just something in my eye. Tears. It's raining in the studio? (laughs) Um, But anyway, guys, thank you guys all so, so much for tuning in. If you haven't already done so, please go to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. Um, Remember that those take a couple of days to post, so if you want us to be able to read them for the finale, make sure you post them by, like, Sunday? Yes, please do. At the latest. Uh, In the meantime, Katie, where can people go if they want to find you? You can follow me all over the social medias and on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaje. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. My... Tuesday night show is continuing, and that's Robots in Disguise. That's usually the show before this one. And Monday nights, we are doing the current season of Voltron, so tune in for that. That is super fun. I am also on Gather Your Party on uh, Geek and Sundry's Twitch on Friday nights at 9.30 p.m. That is super fun, and we do all sorts of crazy stuff. You should totally tune in. I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I also do a bunch of shows here on AfterBuzz. I write articles with the Movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Be sure to also check out The Shadow of Radiation, where I do the voice of Margot Lane. And also, uh, I have an upcoming podcast where I do a lot of narration called Apparitions. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. So thank you guys so, so much to everybody in the live chat, everybody in the hashtag. You guys rock! And we will be here next week for the finale. We will see See you then. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Hashtag justice for Bucephalus. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.